this episode leads us to reflection as product and therefore to autoethnography. So this episode links well with our discussions on autoethnography is and is a reading of Nicole's handout. I'm beginning. One of the ways of contextualizing reflections and taking them beyond the realm of introspection is to formalize one's methodological approach. One of those approaches is autoethnography, a derivative of ethnography which studies and analyzes the self as part of a wider cultural context, Cohen 2017. As Ellen et al. describe it, direct quote, when researchers do autoethnography, they retrospectively and selectively write about epiphanies that stem from or are made possible by being part of a culture and or by possessing a particular cultural identity. 2011, page 276. Methodologically, autoethnography is both a process the researcher is doing autoethnography and the product as the outcome of doing autoethnography is an autoethnography, Bolin 2017. So reflections, narratives undertaking during the process of autoethnography are also products. They are data that is analyzed, Anderson 2006, and or used to create an evocative autoethnography, Bochner and Ellis 2016. You can also compare for more on moderate autoethnography by Stahl-Kewal 2016. In autoethnographic reflections or narratives become data which can take a multitude of forms, some of which are then free writing, spontaneous journaling, autoethnographic field notes, analytic memos, retro retrospective narratives, diary entrance, reflection and action notes, accidental data, for instance, post hoc practitioner data and experiences. So autoethnography continues to be contested as a valid methodology in qualitative research, with critiques ranging from academic discussions of the validity of the perceived narcissism of autoethnography by Delamont 2009. Oh, wait a moment. I think that was when we had that fight at a conference in Oxford to a hateful denouncing of autoethnographers in public fora. Whatever one's position in regard to autoethnography and its variants is, the notion of everyone existing in a cultural and so social context is certainly a convincing one. A single person's experience oneself might well reflect social processes and attitudes when investigated and, ta and the tacit made explicit. Commentary from me. Natalie again. Yeah, I think uh, particularly that last point Nicole made about the uh, the experience and the individual being part of a culture. I understand where the critique is coming from in terms of navel gazing. You know, if someone is just if it's just about someone's experience, I would counter argue in terms of 
all the self-help books and the popularity of them and how much they mean to some people, you know, following someone's recovery journey, following someone's travel through the world. Effectively, these are more autobiographical, but these are basically the core writings that would happen in an autoethnography. The thing we can do in an autoethnography is then use these writings as data and analyze them in the wider context. So I think it does have a value as a research tool. This is my personal opinion. But I can also understand when people think this is too navel-gazing, it is not wide-reaching enough. But it can certainly help you if you want to do this as a method even just for yourself and for your professional development, experimenting with these forms of writing that are accompanied by autoethnography, and that can also include things like poetry and creative writing, can help you to develop your reflective persona, your, your ability to reflect on action and to reflect in action because it focuses you to rethink experiences and reframe them maybe. And I think this might be a value for autoethnography if you're not buying into it as a, as a methodology for research. Maybe it will have some value for you as a methodology to develop your reflective practice. 